0: Welcome to the Sales Influence Podcast, where we talk about finding the why and how people buy. Hey, I'm your host, Victor Antonio, and today we're going to talk about building your business, scaling it to a big level. Now, I want to step back, get away from a little bit of the sales influence stuff. Let's talk about strategy and tactics. So if you're a B2B type person, you're selling to companies, especially big companies with big ticket items, then you're going to love this podcast. I want to step back in time and just share a story with you and then move fast forward into the future and talk about what I do now with companies. Many years ago, I mentioned this in a past podcast that I was assigned to take over Latin America. The territory had not grown more than $14 million, $14.1 million to be exact in let's say 10 years that they were in the region. So the company wanted somebody to go in the region, really analyze what was going on, fix it, turn it around, and obviously make the sales happen. So they tapped me. Now, I'm giving you the short version of the story. So I was tasked to go and really look at the region. I actually moved to Argentina. They wanted the the, the vice president to actually be in the region. So I actually had to live in the region, and I chose Argentina. We had an office in Argentina. We had an office in Venezuela, Brazil, Mexico, Puerto Rico, and in Miami. So we had the territory covered. And so one of the things I did, first one, first step, was to assess. I want you to write this down if you can. To assess what was going on in the territory. Now, what I did was I didn't make any rash decisions up front. Typically when you come into a new position, you know, you want to make some changes right away to get things going. But I gave myself some breathing room because I realized at that point that I really needed to understand anything before I made a decision. You know that whole say that old saying, measure twice, cut once. So I was measuring what was going on in the territory, visiting the territory. I would do ride-alongs, I would fly down into the region, work with my salesperson, just you know, go with them to see you know, the customers. I would look at their calendars, who they were going to see, who they were talking to. This is important because the who determined how high the salesperson was actually getting into the corporation. For example, if they were just talking to the supervisor, eh, that's not a decision maker for our products. But if they were talking to the chief information officer or the CFO, well, now they're talking to the right people. So I would look at all these things. So when I worked, to, uh, traveled with the salespeople, I would look at who they were talking to, you know, what was the relationship like. The people that they were talking to, if they were decision makers, what could they do? Could they make buying decisions? So this gave me some insight into the quality of the salesperson I was working with. High quality salespeople tend to have a straight calendar, have it filled up, talking to the right people and always pushing to advance to sale. Weak salespeople did the opposite. So the first thing I had to do once I did my assessment in the ninety days is I had to now make the adjustments. Now I put salespeople into three buckets, or you know just three segments. The first one was gl- good clay. Good clay means you know they're doing what they need to be doing. Fantastic! Don't mess with these salespeople. The second group was bad clay. These are people who I knew, the salespeople who I knew weren't ready to make the cultural and value shift. I wanted them to make in order to sell more effectively in the market. Let me explain that a little bit. I already had an idea of how I wanted to sell differently in the market. I was looking for salespeople who really knew how to quantify value, not qualify it. If you've listened to my past podcasts, you know the difference. I was looking for salespeople who knew how to quantify value and weren't afraid to challenge the actual uh, customer. So that that was the profile I was looking for. When I went with these salespeople on the ride-alongs and I didn't see that, that knowledge base, I didn't see that quantification process, I didn't see them controlling the conversation, having the right conversations with the customer, I didn't see that. And then what I would do is we'd get out of the meeting, I would talk to them, say, hey, you need to adjust certain things. And then I would watch to see if they made the adjustments. After a while, I realized that certain people just weren't gonna make the adjustments to the new sales process I wanted to put in place. They fell into the bad clay category. The third category was what I call the questionable category. Questionable meaning that I didn't know if they were good or bad clay. Maybe they just needed more directions. So what I found out in my experience is that about 30%, let's just say one third, 33%, basically were bad clay. These are salespeople who I knew that no matter how much time or energy I invested in them, they weren't going to make the changes. They weren't going to be able to shift their mindset. So I fired them. The second group, the great salespeople, well, I I didn't fire them, I love them. And I let them know how much I really appreciated their efforts. Now, for the people who fell into the questionable category, the questionable clay, I put them on a 90-day program. A 90-day program was very specific, what I wanted from them, what I wanted to see over the next 90 days. And if you heard one of my past podcasts, I talk about a struggling salesperson named Joe. Uh, if you just search on the internet for Joe, the struggling salesperson, you'll see that Joe was one of the people I worked with. And I'm very happy to report, as I did in the podcast, that he was able to turn it around with a little guidance. So let me take a step back. I'm given a new territory. I'm told... We're only, we've only been selling 14.1 million. Victor, you need to ratchet that thing up. And I believe the original quota, and this part I'm guessing because my memory's a little foggy on this one, I think it was 25 or 27 million dollars we had to do in the first year. So that was quite the jump to go from 14 to 24, 25, whatever the number was. Now, once I knew what I had to do, I had to, again, make the adjustments. I did the, the assessment for 90 days. Assessment was necessary to understand whether I had good clay, bad clay, or questionable clay in terms of salespeople. Then, once I knew what I had, I made the necessary adjustments. And it's tough because, you know, firing people isn't easy. If you're a manager, you know what I'm talking about. But here's what I've learned, that I'd rather fire somebody as soon as I know, and that's the key part, as soon as I know that they're not going to work out, it's time to fire them. Too often I see sales managers who give the person two, four, five, ten chances. They're always doing something to rationalize why they shouldn't fire them yet. But my philosophy is if I give you 90 days to demonstrate and you don't demonstrate the characteristics, the behaviors, the activities I am looking for, then I just have to make the necessary changes. You're just not a fit for my company or this company. So I made those adjustments. So first, assess. Once I made the assessment, I made the adjustments. Some people had to go, some people had to stay, some people had to be put on plans. Now, the third step is I then restructured the territory and the compensation plan. Yes, I restructured the territory and the compensation plan. Let me kind of walk through what I mean by that. Latin America is a big territory, so what I wanted to first do is segment it into certain areas. For example, Mexico was big enough where it could be a territory onto itself. Then there was Central America. All of Central America was considered one territory. Brazil, for example, is so large, it was its own territory. Then we had what we call the Mercosur area. That was a part of Latin America, and we gave that a territory. And then we had the Caribbean, and then obviously Miami by itself, when people wanted to buy through the Florida organization. That's another story for another day. So once I structured the actual region... I now knew that I had to assign managers to each of these regions to be responsible to carry the quota for each of the regions. The managers now knew that they had a quota and they had a territory. And then I made the necessary adjustments in the compensation plan to motivate our managers to sell more. One one mistake a lot of companies make is that the manager doesn't get a quota. Well, my manager had a quota. It was responsible for all the individual quotas of the salespeople underneath that person. So if they had 10 people, let's say, each carrying a million dollar quota, well, the manager had a $10 million quota and his compensation plan was based on that. So first three steps again, assess the territory, make the necessary adjustments, and then restructure the territory and the compensation plan to line up to make sure that the game, the rules are defined. In other words, Everyone knows what's their territory. They know where the lines are at. And one of the things I always discouraged was one salesperson or sales team selling into somebody else's territory. That was considered a terminating offense. In other words, if you sold into somebody else's territory, I made it very clear, you will be fired on the spot. And that created respect between the regions and also more collaboration. Because when people knew they weren't trying to steal each other's territory, lines were drawn, again, regions started collaborating. They started sharing information, and that was a great thing to see. So let me just stop right here because I like to keep my podcast till 10 minutes. So I'm just going to call this part one of building a territory and building a region. I will be back for the second part of the podcast in the next one. So if you're driving, keep on driving. And well, that's it for this Sales Influence podcast. Don't forget to leave me some feedback on iTunes, Stitcher, or YouTube. Let me know what you think. I greatly appreciate it. And again, let me be clear, if you're gonna ask me a question online, make sure it's a, it's a specific question, not a selfish question. Let me highlight the difference. A specific question is, Victor, if I'm trying to close a deal and the customer says this, what can I do? In this situation, if you were gonna do A, what do you think B should be? In other words, something like that. Some people are saying, Victor, I need help with my sales team, how can you help me? That's not a question. That's asking for help. So that's not what I'm looking for, okay? All right. Lastly, I want to thank you for listening. This is Victor Antonio always reminding you, selling ain't hard when you know how. Take care.